Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Talk with Bob. This is the first episode ever, and I'm a dad, I'm a teacher, I'm a husband, I'm a coach, I'm a dog owner, I'm lots of different things, I guess. But today, I'm going to talk to you about why I joined the army and what my army experience was like. And maybe for some people that are thinking about maybe joining the army, uh, this might help you out or people that have been in the military. Maybe it'll bring back some happy memories for you. So ever since I was a kid, I remember, you know, playing, uh, army outside playing soldier outside with my friends and that was a time when you know kids played outside kids don't play outside very much anymore but that's a different story but ever since I was a kid I was always interested in the army and the military and I would watch army movies on uh, and television shows so I always had it I think in the back of my mind so I went off to um, college And um, I was getting close to graduating and I had done an internship. I was a journalism major in college and I had done an internship right before I was getting ready to graduate. And it's a good thing I did because I learned something really important from that internship. And that was that I didn't really want to work in journalism, at least not that kind of journalism. I had been... uh, writing short articles for this weekly newspaper covering the San Diego Chargers. And I just knew from talking to players and seeing how it worked that that wasn't going to really work for me. That wasn't what I was looking for. So at any rate, um, it was too late for me. At least I felt like it was too late for me to go back to my parents and say, Hey guys, um, I want to change my major and kind of start all over again. And it's going to be another year or two years of school. Plus I was getting ready. I was done. You know, I was getting ready to graduate. I I was already had one foot out the door, I guess. So I had had enough of of school and, you know, I, it had been more than four years for sure. I wasn't, uh, I didn't get off to a really solid start with my college career. Let's just say that. So I graduated from uh, college with a major that I didn't really want to uh, follow or pursue. So I started thinking of, well, what can I do? And I had all kinds. I was going to be a truck driver. I was going to uh, work for this company that they did uh, covered wagon trips across the country with troubled kids. Um, I had worked as an, as an aide at a middle school uh, while I was in college. So I had worked with kids a little bit. So I thought, well, maybe that's the route I want to go. But in the end, I, I guess above everything else, I had this uh, desire to just get away from home. And to do something with my life and to have my own place. And for whatever reason, to me, the military seemed like the best way to do that. 
So I went out to all the different recruiting agencies and uh, I visited everybody I could find. So I went to talk to the Navy. I went to talk to the Marines. The Marines were funny. I was a little bit cocky, I guess, you know, at that point in my life. And I walked into the Marine recruiters and I told them I was interested in maybe joining. And um, they showed me a video of basic training and what it was like. And um, then there's like two big guys in their in their class A uniforms, you know, and they approached me and said, like, I don't know, you think you can handle that or something like that? And I don't know why I said this. Maybe this is why I sh- it was good that I didn't join the Marines. But I looked at them and the first thing that came to my out of my mouth was, well, you two guys made it. So why can't I or something to that effect? And uh, it just went downhill from there. So needless to say, the Marines were out. And um, uh, I went to, I, I went to talk to the Navy But the Navy was, you know, I knew I'd be out at sea a lot, probably if I was in the Navy, at least that's what I thought. And I get seasick. So I knew that I didn't want to join the Navy because I didn't want to be seasick. Uh, Now I realize uh, the ships are so big, most of them, it probably wouldn't have been an issue. But in my mind at the time, uh, I didn't want to deal with that. So I went to the Army recruiter. And the army recruiter was very uh, personable and nice. And he treated me like he seemed like a regular guy, you know, rather than a tough, strict military recruiter. Um, And so I just felt a little bit of a connection with him. Like, oh, this guy's nice. This guy cares about me a little bit, you know, uh, as a as a possible soldier. So I talked to him and. At one point, I had seen, in those days, they had a commercial of a tank, uh, a mil- an army commercial, recruiting commercial, of a tank jumping over a ditch in slow motion. And I saw that, and I thought, like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And I was not really mechanical, you know, not, I'm not really handy, I'm still not, I guess, but... I, and I thought being on a tank would be like being a uh, fighter pilot or something that you just jump in and go. I had no idea how much crew level maintenance was involved. So uh, I talked to the recruiter. Like I said, he seemed like a nice guy. And I ended up uh, signing up and it felt good. I felt like, hey, I'm on my way. And I remember, you know, I was in my mid-20s. I was coming late to the game, kind of, or early 20s. And uh, I remember going home and talking to my mom in the kitchen and walking in and telling her, you know, Mom, I joined the Army. And she was shocked and surprised because I hadn't talked about it with her at all, I don't think. And... I remember her saying this. She said, "Um, do you want me to go down there and talk to them? Like she was going to get me out somehow. And I said, mom, it's, I want to do this and it's too late. You can't get me out anyways. So um, we didn't, I didn't go down to the recruiting office with my mother and try to get out of the army. 
So the first step in me joining the army was actually signing up and letting my parents know. And now we're going to take a short break. Thanks for sticking with me and welcome back to Let's Talk with Bob. I've been discussing um, the steps that I took to uh, join the army and what that experience was like. And, you know, as I said, I went in and I told my mom that I had joined the army and she was all ready to go down there and get me out uh, somehow. I don't know how she thought she was going to do it, but... As I mentioned, uh, we didn't do that. And uh, <clears throat> so I had a little bit of a delay between the time I signed up and when I was supposed to uh, go in. It was around in October. So it was near the end of the fiscal year, I guess, for the government. Anyway, so I my, my leaving date got uh, pushed back. So my friends uh, had a big party for me, like a going away party, and it was really cool. Everybody dressed up in camouflage gear that they got from the Salvation Army and stuff and uh, put on face paint and everything. It, it was great. And uh, as I recall, I was supposed to be leaving like the next day or the day after that. And then I ended up not leaving and because my date got pushed back. So they all uh, were giving me a hard time thinking that I was making it up or I just wanted them to throw a party for me or whatever. But eventually my time to leave did arrive. And uh, so I got on a plane in San Diego and I flew to Fort Knox, Kentucky, where I didn't know anybody. And uh, I landed at night in the airport and somehow I found my army contact, whoever it was. I got on a bus and then I drove from the airport in Louisville, Kentucky to Fort Knox, Kentucky the home of the gold and the home of armor because I was going to be a 19 kilo an armored uh, crewman, a tank crewman. That was, that was my job. So we drove, you know, hours. It seemed like hours through the pitch dark. It was cold. Uh, the leaves were changing color and stuff. I, I didn't see that till the next day, but uh, we arrived in reception. So when you first joined the army, it's not necessarily like the movies where you get off the bus and they start screaming and hollering at you right away. Um, at least for me, I went to what they call reception. So you go to reception and you get your haircut and your uniform and stuff like that, all your gear. They take all your civilian stuff. So if you decide that you want to try to run away, you don't have your clothes, I guess. Anyway, uh, so I was in this reception for, you know, uh, like three days. Uh, I remember, you know, hundreds of guys marching in the middle of the night and calling cadence. And um, it, it was really cool. It was kind of like what I thought the army was going to be like. The thing that I didn't think the army was going to be like was the 
drill sergeants in reception were all real nice. And I remember even calling home and talking to my dad who had been in the Marines and telling him like, yeah, it's not hard and they're really nice to us and it's not what I expected. Well, on day three, the real drill sergeants showed up and that's when the yelling started and the hollering started and uh, get your stuff and get out here. And so you have a big duffel bag full of all your stuff, dump it out on the floor and do inventory. So we're outside standing in formation, dump all your stuff on the ground, look it over, uh, put it back in the bag, put it on your back. And then we're gone. We're going on a road march, like a speed march. So off we go to who knows where. We don't know where we're going. We don't know how far it's going to be. But we're not like marching left, right, left. We're just walking fast, super fast. And (laughs) I kept looking around. And, you know, after a while, guys started... uh, falling down and uh, guys were crying and I remember you know one guy like throwing up on his on his knees on the side of the road throwing up like an arc not to be too gross but it was it's a memory that's burned in my mind forever but I kept wondering like how come these drill sergeants are not tired like they were you know walking with us the whole way in our ears you know asking us if we want to go home to our mommy and you know do you want to quit and are you going to cry too and stuff like that and then I realized I saw a flatbed truck and the drill sergeants were taking turns jumping on and off that flatbed truck so they'd get tired they'd take a little rest And then uh, somebody else would jump off and yell at us for a while. So I don't know how long we marched. It it was at least half an hour. It could have been an hour uh, fast. And finally, we got to where we were going to be training at Fort Knox. It's these big, huge brick buildings. And we finally got there and we got assigned a locker and the yelling went on forever. We got some food eventually. And I went to bed that night thinking, hmm, maybe I made a mistake. <laughs> but it was too late then. I was already there, right? I remember one night laying in bed thinking, like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> But then I thought, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to go home and I'm going to tell everybody that it was too hard. So I quit. And I also thought, well, where am I going to go? Like, I don't know where I am. I don't have any clothes. I don't have any money. Like, I can't even get out of here. I I don't even have anywhere to go. But soon after you get there, you kind of get used to that stuff. You get used to the yelling and you get used to the early hours and it never gets easy but it gets less hard if that makes sense so one memory i have of basic training was uh 
getting up for PT, that's physical training. It's early in the morning in Kentucky. Like, it's still dark. It's it. I think it was like 5 o'clock in the morning. It was pitch black. You could see the stars. It was beautiful, but it was super early, and it was super cold. So we're all dressed up in sweats and gloves and beanies, and we go outside for a formation in the morning for PT, and I kept feeling something in my nose and you know I thought I had some mucus up there or whatever so I kind of wiped it away and it would be gone for a little while and then come back and uh, I couldn't figure out what was going on and then finally it hit me that what I was feeling in my nose was frozen like boogers it had it was so cold that my boogers were freezing inside my nose. And that was a new level of cold for a kid from California. So I'm going to stop there for now, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. I think my contact information is down there at the bottom. This is another, again, this is my first time doing this. So I'm still learning some of the mechanics of the of how to do the podcast. But my contact information should be down there at the bottom. If you have questions, uh, please, you know, let me know. Uh, information that you would like to hear, stuff that you would like to know about, Um Any kind of uh, helpful tips would be appreciated. And thank you for listening. And thanks for listening to Let's Talk with Bob.